0: and to be glad in it, Lord God. Father, on a day that we honor. Father, Fathers in the natural, we thank you, Lord God. That the only reason that we can do that is because of the supernatural. Father, that you've been to us, Lord God. So as we gather in this place today, Lord God, we're just asking you, O God, to just reveal yourself to us, Lord God, in a deeper way. We thank you that we have access into your presence, Lord God, through the shed blood of your son, Jesus. Lord God, so we just look to Jesus to offer the, the finish of our faith, Lord God. And, Father, we declare, Lord God, Hallelujah, your goodness and your majesty, Lord God. Father, the holiness of your name, Lord God. Father, the splendor of your glory. And, Father, anything that we are, anything that we can have worth having, Lord God, comes down from God, the Father of lights, Lord God. So we thank you for those good, those perfect gifts, Lord God, that you've bestowed upon us. And, Father, we thank you, Lord God, that you've done that. Because you said Jesus, Lord God, who who came down, Lord God. Father, also... Uh, ascended into heavens and Lord God you said He gave gifts unto men. And we thank you Lord God that we are the recipients Lord God of your goodness, of the gifts Lord God that you've given to us Lord God. Father Moses Lord God that sweet gift of salvation and reconciliation back into our relationship with you Lord God. So this morning Father we just ask Lord God that you would be Lord God in the word even as you've been in the worship Lord God. Just give us your heart and your mind Lord God. We ask you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 If you have your Bibles this morning turn to the epistle of 1 John chapter 3, 1 John chapter 3 this morning, and I want to read 1 John chapter 3 verses 1 through 3 to it says, see how much love our Father, see how very much our Father loves us, for He calls us His children, and that is what we are, but the people who belong to this world don't recognize that we are God's children because they do not know Him. Dear friends, we are already God's children, but he has not yet shown us what we will be like when Christ appears. But we do know that we will be like him, but we shall see him as he really is. And in verse 3, it says, And all who have this eager expectation will keep themselves pure, even as he is pure. Folks, this morning, I want to share with you a, a message in all the title of The Father Heart of God. Uh, probably for my, myself, as I, as I just kind of think about it, and it's, it's always just tender of my heart when I think about it, of all the lessons that I've learned in life, probably some of the most that have probably touched me uh, personally in the most profound way, and not only just uh, personally, but in ministry, and really kind of shaping it has uh, come not directly from my role as a preacher or as a pastor or any of those things, but really kind of serving in the role as a father. Uh, you know, folks, we, we look at the, the Scripture and we think about these things in life, and think about the requirements of being a good father. And, and for me, they, they've really proven to kind of far exceed any of those things that, that I've known of as being a good preacher, a good teacher. Uh, you know, I, I understand what Paul said, you know, what he said, uh, 1 Corinthians 4.15, that we have 10,000 instructors in Christ, but there's not many fathers. And in Acts chapter 22 and verse 3, he says, I'm verily a man, he said, which was born as you, born in Tarsus, the city of Sicilia yet brought up in the city at the feet of Gamil. That's where he was taught. He said, I was taught according to the perfect manner of the law of the fathers and was uh, zealous towards God as in that day. So we're talking about a guy who's talking about uh, really his credentials as someone that, that sat at the, the feet of a tremendous, tremendous teacher in Gamil. And so he knew what it was like to, to be under that type of tutelage. Uh, I'm sure his philosophy of ministry prior to his conversion, all those things... Uh, kind of came out of that relationship. But even with Paul the Apostle, it probably wasn't until he had that encounter on that Damascus road uh, with God the Father, and we see that in Acts chapter 9, verse 3, that he really had the access into the Father heart of God. Folks, listen, you can go to church, you can be religious, and we, we, we've we been that, I'm sure, at different areas of times in our life. We confront people. So you can have all of those things, and you can still not understand the Father heart of God. Because, folks, I believe once you have kind of got a revelation of that on any level, it just begins to change everything. You know, when we look at at fatherhood in the natural, you know, it kind of gives every one of us, and some of you uh, you guys have have become fathers just recently, some in the last uh, few years. uh, You can testify this. You know, it provides you a vehicle for self-sacrifice. You know, that's really what it provides. How can I lay my life down for someone else? And so everything that you do... Always goes around those things. uh, Recently, uh, Joshua said to me, you know, my son-in-law, you guys are uh, not seeing him on camera, you know, he he made a point. They kind of went through a a, kind of a a major trial in the family. And he said, you know, I I realized something. He said, the most important things to me is my family and what God's called me to Not all these other things that we we put so much value in. And see, you don't get that unless you, you see the, the suffering, the difficulties, the things that your children go through. And I think God provides that vehicle for us. that just gives us really a, a deeper look into his heart that, that we couldn't see without. I know I, I, I did. It gives us the ability for endurance. You know, when you know that you've got somebody else to care for, it's, it's easier to get up in the morning. It is. It's to, to press through and to, to have that responsibility. when it's just yourself. You know yourself, well, listen, I mean, I can make it. You know, how much can a box of ramen noodles be? But when you've got those babies to care for and you want to have a place for them, and all, it just creates an endurance that does not really exist most times outside of that relationship. It, it brings a discipline into your life, not just as a, a personal discipline, but a disciplinarian. It shows you that the child left to itself will bring a mother and, and, by extension, obviously, a father to shame. And so it shows that there's got to be a disciplined life. It also shows you justice. That in, in the family relationship, the father is many times the one that has got to be just. He's, he's got to be one that is fair and he's just and, and practical, but at the same time, he, he demonstrates the qualities of mercy and compassion. He's that vehicle that they, those things flow through, and they get to see it demonstrated and resonated through not just the life uh, or the relationship he has with them, but even through their, their mother and other people in the family as well. Uh, you get to see mentoring, you know. Uh, how many boys have seen their dad Pick up a hammer and drive a nail and think, I want to pick up a hammer and drive a nail. Or, or seeing their dad's elbow deep in, in grease by tearing down a motor and think, I want to learn how to do that. Or whatever the thing is. Or, or, or play a sport and they say, I want to be like my, my father. But folks, also it extends into the areas of righteousness. I want to see that example. I want to see that demonstration of character that, that was that was evident in, in, in that, 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 that father, that person's life provision. They, they've taken care of us, you know. Uh, um, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or God seed begging for bread. That God is going to be our source. That, that, that he is the one that, that provides those things. And so you get to see that as a, as a father. But you also get to see the balance. You get to see the, the, the mercy and the justice and all those things working together. And, and usually in a family, people are looking for in the in typical situation, the, the one that brings the balance to everything uh, the emotionally, uh, relationally, Typically, the one that you're looking towards is that father. Also, respect. You, you, you learn what it is to respect. You, you see the value. And, and folks, I've, I've shared today's Father's Day. I, I had a dad that, that, that for, for, for most of our lives, that he wasn't the spiritual head of our family. But but he, I had a lot of respect for my dad and, and because my dad provided for his family. Even though he came from a very difficult childhood and, and suffered some things, uh, personally, uh, even uh, a speech impediment that, that many times made it difficult for people to have a conversation with him just because of his stuttering, but he, 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 he never backed off. It was kind of like uh, Gideon's dad with the issue with blindness, but he provided for his family even though he had a disability. My dad never made an excuse. He got up and worked, so I had a respect for my dad's work ethic and his, and his, his temperament and just his, his care for his children, so I had that. Uh, we, we mentioned things like chivalry. You know, opening the door for, for, for your wife. And, and just to think about that type of, 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 of being willing to stand in the gap for someone else. You know, the, the adage was, chivalry is not dead. Somebody that, that is that type of stand-up uh, knight in shining armor that, 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 that a young lady is looking for. So all of those characteristics are things that we as men have the opportunity to demonstrate. And we got to hold those things at tremendous, tremendous value. And it says again in 1 John chapter 3, in in, in part A of, of that verse, it says, See how much our Father loves us, for He calls us His children, and that is what we are. And so do you see on a personal level, or can you see just how very much the Father loves you is what He said. You know, we've talked many times about the, the love of God in relationship to, to John three and sixteen, that, that God loved the world so much that He gave His only Son, that whoever believes on Him would not perish, but have everlasting life. People talk about that, and they see the love of the Father from 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 that vantage point. But folks, listen that 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 God uh, uh, so and it's it's a word. I want to give you something today. You don't have to write it down. It's 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 the the word love uh, about the same. And it literally means, when he's talking about the world, it means a, pref- a, 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 a preferential desire. And so God has such a preferential desire for the world. And this is a blanket form of that base word that we talk about, love or agape. And it encompasses anything that would fall into the category of God's original plan for man. And this basically this simply means this is God's perfect will or desire. So God's perfect will or desire for his creation was such it was it was based out of his desire to, to see it restored and so that's what he desired that he was willing to send his son as a demonstration of the heart of the father and folks listen when you see Jesus the Bible says if you've seen me Jesus said then you've seen the father and so you've seen all the characteristics. you've seen the love you've seen the balance you've seen the justice you've seen the mercy you've seen the compassion you've seen the mentoring you've seen the provision you've seen all those attributes of who God is when we see Jesus, And so he's saying, listen, I sent my son to be that blanket presentation to everyone so you would see what my desire is for you. And folks, that's great. But folks, listen, if I've just seen some role model on Father's Knows Best from some show at Nick and Knight, and I see a role model in the distance, what it does, it, it doesn't create a relationship. It may create a longing or something to say. why can't I have a family like that? Why can't I be a part, even if you were a, a, a part of a, a broken home, why can't I be one of my three sons? And that was another one of them old black and white. Why can't I be leaving to beaver's dad or, or one of those, those classic families from classic television? And so you see that, and we see the blinking approach of what I want. Why can't I have that type of family unit? Why can't I have that person that's in my life? And folks, undoubtedly, some of us have had, here in this room, we've had very good fathers. We've had uh, men of God that, that raised us in the fear and the admonition of the Lord. Others just had an absentee father. Uh, others maybe grown up without a father or, or maybe an abusive situation or an indifferent father. But we look in the distance and we can look at God in the John 3.16 and say, Listen, I know it's, that's the desire, that's the goal, but you know what? It's never going to be that way for me. And folks, if we just stop right there in the relationship with God, is he just loved the world so much in a blanket approach, and he just kind of had it out in desire for, for everyone. But where does that leave me in that equation? Folks, see, I want to be a part of the equation of God's will. I want to be a, a part of that family. I want to be a player in the family of God. I want to be somebody that is that God has contributed something to so they can contribute something back. I don't just want to be that person that, that is, uh, is a child of God in name only. I want to be somebody that's significant that I've got the ebb of flow of God's desire and will in my life. But folks, we're never going to have that as long as we're just looking from the outside, looking in. And so that's unfortunately not just where everyone starts or, 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 or in a place of an unredeemed world. But it's also where most of those that call themselves Christians never advance past. Most people know the John 3.16 type of love. That God had a desire to reconcile the world unto himself. But most people don't know what it looks like to actually be reconciled. They'll admit, they'll confess, yeah, there's an all-loving God that wants to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But what does that look like in my life? What is that going to demonstrate to me? I know he's out there somewhere. I know there's a great mystery to be examined and to, and to, to maybe one day lay a hold of, but man, what, how's that going to change me? What's that going to look like in my heart and life? And so that, when he's talking about he's saying, look how much the Father loves us. It's, it's so much different than for the God that loves the world in John chapter 3. And it's the agape, or the desire for an intimate and transformed transformative relationship. And folks, it's not just some blanket term or some preferential desire. It's a personal appeal towards the deepest of relationships that anyone can have. Yes, yes! I've opened my arms wide and it's a whosoever will call out. I want to demonstrate it. It's out there. But folks, once you come into that place and you're enveloped in the arms of God and you can actually come to that place where you call Him Abba, Father, Folks, the depth of that relationship is is so much greater. The depth of that that place, and you think to yourself, you know what? I just don't want to see somebody in the distance as a figurehead. I want to see somebody that I can go to. It's a a relationship of safety. It's a relationship of hope. It's a relationship of of transformation. Folks, listen. That's what it is for a father. You guys that are young men that are are just in in the process of raising your children and you young men that are going to be married one day and, and you're going to have that type of relationship, here's the good news that you have. You, you get to start from the premise of the adopted. You don't have to say to yourself, listen, what it means to be a father is just to some role model and every once in a while we're like two ships passing in the night. They, they see me a few minutes before they go to bed at night and and, and I wave by to them on my way to work. But you've got the opportunity to invest in a child's life in a, in, a, in, a, in a young man young woman and in other people by extension, by the demonstration of the characteristics of God the father. And so that's the challenge for, for us and you know I, I think about it as the father of, of, as a father obviously not uh, not just physically and, and those things but by extension you know to, to other people, but especially as the, as the father of the daughters and you guys and, and Ryan you know you, you, you know about this it's just, it's just something about those girls. It is, I, I think, because of just the, the, the need and, and the care that, that, that they require. You know, there's an independence, I think, with young men because one day they're going to go into that role. But as the father of daughters, there's something that changes everything. And I think about my, my daughters. I think about Kayla, you know, from, from the time that I saw her, obviously when she was, was born and, uh, uh, and she grew up and was, was, was playing. We gave her a million nicknames. Nobody ever even knew her by her real name because we just called her all of these different things. Until the time she was doing that, till the time she was five years old and she punched her first boy in the face uh, because he sets up the tutor after she escaped from cheerleading practice and didn't want to be a part of that. You know, preaching on the streets with me at, at 12 years old, and then finally... Seeing her be the type of mother and take the care for for her babies and demonstrate that type of thing. So I've had that. And Kelsey, though, obviously she came later into our lives, you know, she played and continues to play such a a powerful uh, place in in our hearts and lives. Because, you know, it's it's one thing to, 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 to be able to have all that history, to have all that experience from day one. But it's another thing to experience the love of God on the level that we get to experience. And folks, that's what it is. And I, and I think about people that have biological children. It's really like, for God's so loved the world, that He gave His only begotten Son. It was something that was birthed out of Him. And there was a tremendous relationship, obviously, there. But because we came later into that relationship, we were adopted in, we get to understand what it is to have that same advantage, to say, have that same right. And, and for Melanie and I, Kelsey did that for us. You know, it brought somebody into our life just like God brought us into his life and gave us a tremendous love. And we, and it just leveled the playing field. And so our capacity to love beyond that which was even natural far exceeded anything we ever knew that we could experience. And you know, even for us, you know, uh, the, the word God, God calls up his children, 1 John, and, and he talks about that relationship that we have with them, that we get to be a part of that family, and he calls us a part of that family and, you know even for us too and, and over the years I think about uh, Johanna coming into our life and so y'all, y'all, most of y'all obviously know her you know, i fixed actually called her her Josephine you know that's somebody that chose us she, she chose us chose us to be a father in her life and I tell you what we've wept bitter tears over that child and love her to this day you know we, we fought for her we, 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 we labored for her we extended our, our life to her and you know what? We've learned tremendous lessons even from that relationship. Even though we see it broken, we still love that child. We still adore her. We, we still believe in God for her. And you see all of these different types of relationships as a father and as, even as a parent that, 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 that brings you tremendous times of joy, but at the same time, man, it brings tremendous times of grief and sorrow upon your life. But I tell you what, I look at my girl's, and every single one of them have provided me a glimpse into the heart of Jesus. That's what it's done. It's changed everything. And, folks, listen, when we have that type of relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ, what it ought to do is give us a, a, a directive and give us something to always demonstrate that, whether we're male or, or female, demonstrating the, the father heart of Jesus. The second part of that, that verse in First John chapter 3 says, but the people who belong to this world don't recognize that we are God's children because they do not know Him. Now, folks, there's some people that carry their kids around and, and, and somebody somebody look at them and say, man, I know who that baby belongs to. You know, you see them from day one. It's like they're the, the spitting image of, of their parent. Why? Because they came from them. Folks, listen. The, the reason the world doesn't recognize who we are because they don't know who we came from. Because they see characteristics and they're thinking to themselves, listen, they're just do-gooders or they're just this or that, just that. But folks, if they knew the God that we knew, that they, then they would see the power and the value and the depth of the testimony that we have because of what Christ Jesus has done into our lives. Man, you're such a nice guy, Andrew. Well, you don't know the reason I'm a nice guy. Well, you must come from a nice family. Well, listen, it goes beyond that. It's because of what Jesus did to my life. Oh, Caleb, man, you're such a good boy. You know, you're all these things. Well, you wouldn't, you wouldn't, you wouldn't get that from my upbringing or who I was, but it's because of the God that is invested into my heart and life. Folks, listen, the world is never going to understand who you are and where you came from because they don't know where you came from, and they don't know who you are. And he says, dear friends, we are already God's children, but he has not yet shown us what we will be like. But it says, when Christ appears, it says, but we do know that we will be like him, for we shall see him as he really is. Folks, listen, as good as it is right now, as much as we can know the heart of the Father, it gets better. Do you realize that? It gets even better than what it is. Why? Because we're going to be like him. Turn to the Gospel of Luke chapter 15 and verse 11. The Gospel of Luke chapter 15. And Jesus gives this parable of the prodigal son to give a closer glimpse into the heart of the father. And he said, a certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that had fallen upon me. And so he divided unto them his living. In other words, I want my inheritance now. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, everything that he had, and he took his journey into a far country And it says there he wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in the land. He began to be with one. He began to lack. He was starving. And it says he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. He sent him out into his field to feed the swine, the pigs. And it says that he would have even eaten the husk with the swine because no one had given anything to him. It says in verse 7, but when he came to himself, when he came to a realization, he says, how many hired servants of my father's house have bread enough to spare? And he said, here I am starving to death." And he said, I need to arise and go to my father. And I'll say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you. And he said, I'm no more worthy to be called your son. He said, make me one of your hired servants. And he says he arose and he came to his father. And I love this part of the scripture. But when he was even a great way off, his father saw him had compassion upon him, ran, fell on his neck, and kissed him. And the son said to the father, "Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son." But the father said to his servants, "Bring forth the best robe and put it upon him. And put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. And bring him, bring it together the fat calf and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive; he was lost and is found. And they began." To be married, folks. We listen. We've we've read that so many times. We call it the story of the prodigal son, but folks, really, it's the it's the story of the father's heart. Because folks, without a without a father's heart, there would never be a prodigal son. Because without the father's heart, he would show up, and the father would say, "Listen, you got what you wanted. You got what you deserved. Go the other way." Without the heart of the father, the prodigal son would have showed up on the scene, and he'd have said, "Who are you?" He would have said, yeah, you, you don't even, you're not even worthy to be my, my servant any longer. You, you made your bed, you need to sleep in it. You can cry those crocodile tears all you want to. So, folks, listen, this isn't even the story of the prodigal son. This is the heart that God has towards us. And There's a couple things that are that this, that this striking about me. And the first thing is what I repeated in verse 20. and It says, even when he was afar off, the father saw him. Folks, listen, the the indication even in that writing wasn't that he was in a distance that he could see him coming up over the horizon. It says that even when he was still afar off, even when he was still in that place of sin, that the father still saw him. And folks, the the, the heart of the father is even when you're in that place that you're you're messed up, when you're you're, uh, uh, eating with the swine, when you're living that life, the father still sees you. It's just that God's eyes are still going about, looking for those that He can show Himself strong on behalf of. God has you in His signs. Listen, we, we've got a son that's in, in rebellion against God. But don't think for a moment we don't think about Him every day. He's, when, when I pray, I see Him. When, when I read the Word, I see Him. When, when, when I'm doing something that's familiar to our family, I see Him even though He's afar off. And there's something inside of me that demonstrates Compassion. And there's a compassion. There's not a thinking of myself. Man, I can't wait till that boy shows up, and I'm going to give him the what for. I can't wait till he shows up, and I'm going to say, "See, I told you so." See, I don't. I'm not thinking that way. I've got to be that balanced person. I've got to set forth a, a, a standard and a discipline. But don't think for a minute that I'm thinking to myself, "Man, I'm glad he's afar off." And folks, that's the exact same way it is with, with God the Father. He sees us. Still when we're still afar off. Before we came to that place of of reckoning and realization and even repentance, it says that he saw him afar off and he had compassion upon him. And as he made his way closer is what that, that, that literally means. And it says that the father then ran, fell on his neck, and he kissed him. As soon as he saw the glimpse of repentance, as soon as he saw the son approaching that place of restoration, It says that he met him in that place. Folks, this is the Father, heart of God for every single one of us, regardless of where that place is. That as soon as we begin to make that move towards him, he hurriedly comes our way. He hurriedly comes our way. Folks, listen, a lot of times the way people were raised, the the, the way you were brought up, the demonstration of the qualities that you saw in a a parental figure, a father, Sometimes that's a difficult thing to overcome in regards to, to the heart of God the Father. And, and we, we talked about this in our, in our marriage class about that disinterested God or that, 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 that happy grandfather or that ogre or that somebody that's just off somewhere else. And folks, many times we think to ourselves, well, God the Father is just, he's just waiting for me to, to mess up so he can get me under his thumb. Or some people think of a father that is kind of disattached, he's so permissive that really I can do whatever I want to and all i got to do is run up to him and say, Daddy, Daddy, you'll throw money at me and I just run back out the door. Folks, neither one of those are balanced. But it's got to be a father that exudes the characteristics of, of, of Jesus with that, that balance, that compassion, that mercy, but that truth and that justice that couples every single one of those things together as well. It says he ran to them and he fell on his neck he kissed him. He embraced him. He, it demonstrated to him that, listen, I welcome you back into my presence. See, some of you have found that place at difficult times where you wonder, man, God, do you really love me? And I'm not talking about wondering to the point of, of a disconnect or, or, or some of you think you're not serving Jesus anymore. But, folks, listen, there's a lot of people that, quote, unquote, go through the motions and are real good at it. They do the things and they, 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 they keep themselves. But deep down inside, there's just that longing, that desire to have the acceptance and the affirmation of the Father. Folks, there's nothing that is more empty than trying to have a relationship with God and thinking to yourself that God is really disinterested in me. Because I ask you the question, what do you think God thinks about you? How do you think that he looks at you? You think that he's just waiting for you to slip up or you're trying to do all of these things to somehow be able to gain God's favor. And one day he'll recognize you and he'll say, man, you're doing a good job, James. Or or Caleb, you know what? You finally achieved something. I can say that I'm proud of you. I can talk to my friends and say, hey, guess what my son is doing. Folks, listen, many guys especially go through life just waiting for one day to say, "Kid, you've done something. Kid, I'm proud of you. I really am. The, the man that you've become, listen, if you're, you're, you're demonstrating some, some qualities. Some people just go through life just waiting for that. I've heard young men say, listen, my dad has never looked me in the face and said, son, man, I love you. I love you, and I'm proud of you. Folks, i tell you what, the weight and the power of that into a young man's life is astronomical. Just what that does, that affirmation and that strength and that that quality that it brings. And folks, if you've never had it or if you've longed for it, listen, there's an emptiness inside. I'm here to tell you something, that the love of God the Father can replace every single one of those things. You know, he said he would even be a father to the fatherless. He would be that one that reaches down and says, listen, man, I am proud of you. That's the great love that God has for us that he is calling us and he is recognizing us as his children and it says and the son said to the father father i've sinned against heaven and in your sight and i'm no more worthy to be called your son and folks the heart of the son was this he says listen i failed at every turn but yeah i'm not stacked up and i've not done those things and I, I i i don't have any anything to to offer you at value but listen, I'm here, and I'm, I've, I've laid myself down at your feet. And folks, when we, as God's children, we come to Him in that way, what it does, it just opens up the venue in verse 22. And it says, And the Father said to the servants, He said, I want you to bring forth the best robe, and I want you to put it on Him. you know what that does to people? I don't know if you even understand the significance of what that did. When that son showed up on the scene, think about where he'd been. It's been everything that he had. I'm sure he would sold any clothing that was of any value. And the previous job right before he got there was, was slopping hogs. He might have showed up like Kevin did the other night. And you find yourself kind of changing your breathing pattern because of just the, the 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 stench of of, of days and, and of, of not being able to shower. And he showed up on the scene, and I'm sure he just looked a mess. And he was probably difficult for other people to recognize because obviously he was probably very unkempt. And rather than the father leaving him in that condition, let him be exposed and let him be uncovered, it says <laughs> that he brought, anyway, the finest robe that represented his home upon his shoulders. And he said, son, I know you stink. I know you've made decisions that were destructive in your life. I know other people would rather see you walk around here with all your sin, with all your failures, and all those things exposed. I'd rather them want to look and say, look, you got what you deserved. See where you're at now. But it says he came, and the very first thing that he did before he did anything else was he covered him. See, the heart of the Father is covering people, not uncovering them. I think about the story of after the flood. Here Noah was in his tent and found himself drunk for whatever reason. He was called a righteous man. I'm I'm thinking that it had to be something that was unintentional. It says his son Ham went in and began to mock his father and came out and began to, to till it outside the tent. But it says his other two sons, they took a robe, and rather than uncovering even their father, it says they took the robe and they walked in backwards, not to even notice and see his nakedness and they covered him with the robe. Folks, see, that's the heart of the Father for every single one of us. It's not to uncover us. It's to cover us. When we come to him in repentance, he's not saying, well, let me put your sin on display. Let me put all these things and parade them around and and, and say, look, they came back kicking, screaming, crawling, and begging. And he said, I'm going to take the very best thing and I'm going to identify them first and foremost with me. Then it says, after he covered him, It says he put a ring on his hand. Folks, that ring always usually carried the family crest. and It demonstrated the authority of the Father. He said, because I've covered him, I've also given him my authority. I've given him my name back. I've given him the rights in this family. Folks, that's the heart of the Father to every single one of us. He said, by extension, even though you've squandered everything, even though you basically said to yourself, I wish you would hurry up and die because I want my inheritance now. He said, I'm going to take the very thing that you did not hold in, in, in high value and high esteem and I'm going to put it back on your hand. And it says he also puts shoes upon his feet. Can you imagine the condition of this young man's feet? Filthy and dirty and uncovered. And folks, when the Bible speaks of feet, it's typically speaking of judgment. That the, that the earth will, will be his footstool. But it describes Jesus in the, in the book of Revelation. It says that his feet were like bonds, that Satan will be under the foot of God. So it's talking about judgment. They say he even covered that place of judgment up. He put something that would stand between his son and that place of judgment. And he said, I want you to go and kill the fat cow. Kill it so we can eat and be married. And folks, that this shows you, without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. And he says, listen, I'm going to kill the fat calf. We're going to offer up this sacrifice. And we're going to cleanse all of that stuff away. Folks, that is the love of the Father. My son was dead, he said. He's alive again. He was lost. And now he's found. And since they began to rejoice. Folks, that's the heart of the Father that he wants to demonstrate to us. That we can demonstrate, not just to our, our children, and to him in the family situation, but we can demonstrate that heart of the Father to the lost and dying in the world. Then our text in 1 John chapter 3, verse 3. It says, All of you who have this eager expectation will keep themselves pure, just as he is been. Folks, what's your expectation in your relationship with God? What is it that you desire from Him? You know, folks, we talk about the fear of the Lord, and that is that moral dread of being displeasing unto God. You see, when I have that earnest expectation inside of me that I want to be called and identified as a child of God, folks, listen, there's something inside of me that creates a desire to remain pure. Folks, I'm born again. I'm saved. I've I've been adopted into the beloved. He's called me by his name. He's he's redeemed me. He said, I know that. I I know that. And so as a result of knowing the significance of that relationship, it has totally changed the course of my life. It changed his decisions that I do. There's things that I do, and there's things that I will not do because of who my father is. There's nothing that I would want to ever do, anything I would want to ever say, any way I want to conduct myself that would in any way black his name. Period. You know what? I, I love the ministry. I love my wife. I love my children. But folks, there's a name that I hold above every single one of them, and there's a relationship I hold far in advance of them, and that's the relationship that I have with God the Father through His Son. And so it creates a stopgap. Why? Because I have an eager expectation of coming into His presence. And so as a result, it creates a desire for me to be pure just as He is pure. Why? Because I would never want to say or do anything that would make my Father look bad I would never want to demonstrate equality that would cast any aspersions upon him Malachi chapter 4 verses 5 through 6 I heard Roy preaching on this actually off the, off the box last night and here's what it said he said look I'm sending you this is the final word from the old covenant he said look I'm sending you the prophet the prophet Elijah before the great and dreadful day of the Lord arrives he says his preaching will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers. Otherwise, I will come and strike the land with a curse. Folks, that was fulfilled in Jesus. You realize that? The testimony of Jesus is what turned the heart of the Father. The demonstration of the heart of the Father being turned to the children was when God the Father came down in the form of sinful flesh and for sin. That was God turning the heart of the Father towards the children in the desire that the children's hearts would be turned back Towards the Father. That was a prophetic word. Towards, first and foremost, uh, uh, and initially the children of Israel, but by extension through the covenant that God made with Abraham. I'm going to show you my heart. I'm going to turn it. In other words, I'm going to present it. I'm going to put it on display for you that you can see how much I love you in the hopes that I'm going to draw you to myself. Folks, that's the heart of the Father towards every single one of us. And brothers, we look through those things. We look through those covenant relationships. We've got to begin to hold those things in such high esteem and with such value. God, what is your heart for me? God, what do you want me to demonstrate to you? God, what is that uh, that posterity that, that, that I'm going to be carrying out to other people? But God, if I don't have it, if I lack that revelation, God, what is it going to take for me to come to that place of getting the heart of the Father? Just stand to your feet this morning. We're going to pray. I want to pray for you. Just be pray for father. father, I want to pray, Lord God, for everyone in this room here today, Lord God. Father, every single one of us have one thing in common. We've all had an earthly father. Every one of us, Lord God. Not one of us, Lord God, have been born out of a miraculous conception. Every single one of us have had an earthly father, Lord God, to some degree. Not only that, Lord God, some of us aren't fathers physically, Lord God. Father, well, you've blessed us with, with children, Lord God, and you've given us that opportunity to see through a set of eyes, Lord God, that we didn't have apart from that relationship, Lord God. Lord God, some Lord God have found themselves in difficult situations. Lord God, there's there's people here. Lord God, there's young men in this room. Lord God, they've lost their, their 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 biological fathers. Lord God, the tragedy. Lord God, Father, there's others. Lord God, that have lost their their their, their family members. Lord God, through uh, serious situations. Lord God, that have totally just breached the relationship. Others, Lord God, that through divorce. Lord God, through other circumstances. Lord God, through death. But Father, regardless of all of those situations and variables, Lord God, that represent themselves to us. Father, we thank you, Lord God, that there's such a transcendent relationship and revelation that you can give to us. And Father, I thank you, Lord God, that even I had a dad, Lord God, that told me he loved me, Lord God, that embraced me. Father, I had that, Lord God. I never lacked, Lord God, for that form of affirmation. But Lord God, I, I, I lacked having that Father, Lord God, that, that invested in me spiritually, that invested in me with a hunger for the Word. But Father, even in the absence of that, Lord God, even from the time that I was a little video boy, then Lord God, you became that one, Lord God, through your Holy Spirit that drew me to your Word. That, Father, with all the deficiencies, Lord God, that my dad may have had, that, Father, you the one that stood in the gap for me, Lord God. You caused me, Lord God, at a very young age. We've got to desire after your word, Lord God, to seek you, Lord God. Father, you, you gave me a value and inheritance, Lord God, when you gave me a call to preach your word, Lord God. Father, you adopted me, Lord God, into your profession. Father, there's others, Lord God, that... Father, through whatever the circumstance was, Lord God, young men, young women here, the Lord God, in the natural, Lord God, that natural father, for whatever reason, Lord God, may have not been there, may have not met that need, but, Father, they've seen your hand. They've seen the mercy of God extended, Lord God, to meet that need, to bring that provision, to bring that encouragement, Lord God, to bring that discipline, that justice, that mercy, that compassion, that mentoring, Lord God, that provision, Father, well, they've seen it. They've seen you do it. And Father, there's still others, Lord God, that sometimes feel like they're on the outside looking in. They say, God, I've got to get a revelation of your heart. I need those qualities in, in my life, Lord God. I'm, I'm afraid that, that, Lord God, I, I'm not seeing them in me, and I'll never be able to see them reproduce in another. And Father, I want to pray for them here today. Every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're here in this place this morning, you say, you know what, man, I've just... It's been difficult at times to really grasp the love of the Father and to know that He calls me His own, that I am accepted, that He has covered me, that He has placed His ring upon my finger, that He has put shoes upon my feet. It's hampered me at times because I've always found myself wishing and designed for something that God really has become to me. But today I need healing in that. Need some restoration. I need a revelation. Your hands bowed, your eyes closed. That's you. You say, listen, I, I need that revelation, the Heart of the Father, to come into my life. Pray for me. I want to pray for you right now you see. Yes. I see him. I see him. I see him. I see him. Father, all over this room this morning, Lord God, is demonstrated by a show of hands. Lord God, you know the complexities, Lord God, you know the details of that lack many times. Father, you know the worry concern, Lord God. Even some of these young men, Lord God, that are yet to. to to, to accept, Lord God, and to to walk in that role of the Father and to thinking, am I going to have what it takes? Father, I thank you, Lord God, that what it takes is you. And Father, with all the deficiencies, Lord God, that we might see and confirm in the the natural, that there's a supernatural empowerment, Lord God, that you can bring into every single one of our lives. So Father, I pray for those, Lord God, that have been wounded, that have been broken, Lord God, that have felt empty, Lord God, Father, incomplete, Lord God, it felt like the door, Lord God, to the Father sometimes is closed. And Father, I'm asking, Lord God, supernaturally by your Spirit, Lord God, because of the blood of Jesus. Father, I'm asking you, Lord God, in Jesus' name, Lord God, for healing. And Father, by the power and the authority, Lord God, Father, of your word, Lord God. Father, as a servant of the Most High, right now in the name of Jesus, Lord God. Father, I'm asking, Lord God, by the person of the Holy Ghost, Lord God, that right now, in Jesus' name, Lord God, that you would put a robe, Lord God, your finest upon their shoulders, Lord God. Father, those that feel, Lord God, the only thing that they're presented at, Lord God, is the the after effects of the pigsty, Lord God. The after effects, Lord God, the repercussions of old decisions. Father, I'm asking you right now, by the person of the Holy Spirit, the beloved Jesus, Lord God, to put your finest robe, Lord God, upon their hearts. To put your finest robe, Lord God, to cover their memories, Lord God. To put your finest robe, Lord God, to cover those indeficiencies, Lord God. Put your finest robe upon them, Lord God, right now, in the name of Jesus, Lord God. To all of those frailties, all of those areas, Lord God, of the inadequacy, I'm asking you to put your. Finest robe upon them right now, Lord God. Wrap them in your arms of mercy today in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you, Lord God, with that. Lord God, comes that ring upon their finger, Lord God, even as Isaiah said, speaking prophetically, Lord God, from the heart of the Father. He said, I've redeemed you. I've called you by my name. You are mine. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, Father, I thank you, Lord God, that you've given us a name. Father, you've adopted us into beloved, Lord God. You've ratified it, Lord God, through the cross of Calvary. And Father, you've put the shoes upon our feet, Lord God, and all that judgment, all of that condemnation, Lord God, that we had coming. Father, it's been wiped away, Lord God. It's been cleansed, Lord God, because we've ran to you, Lord God, and you've embraced us as own. And Father, I'm asking you, Lord God, for the feast, the feast of joy unspeakable and full of glory, Lord God. Father, that gathering together, Lord God, where you say, listen, my child was dead, but they're alive. The Father, even as Ezekiel said, Lord God, can these dry bones yet live? I thank you, Lord God, yes, they live. Lord God, we speak to the broken. Lord God, we speak to the destitute. We speak to the orphan, Lord God. We speak in the name of Jesus. And Father, we thank you, Lord God, for the heart of the Father, for the great love towards us, Lord God. And even though we don't see it all, but we see you, Lord God, we're going to see the full, Lord God, manifestation of that great love that you have for us. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.